Hi, and welcome to week two of our journey through John's Gospel, unlocking our potential through John's writings, learning what God was seeking to do with us through the Gospel of John, learning to unleash, let go of this world and let God. So let me start off um, this week uh, with a little story about a monk and his young apprentice. The, the monk or the master and the apprentice were walking through the forest. They come across a damsel in distress, a lady standing on the edge of the bank, wanting to get to the other side. The master immediately grasped her problem. He understood her distress, her problem and her um, objective. She wanted to get to to the other side of the river and the bridge had collapsed and the force of the current convinced her it was not safe to cross. So the master picked up the damsel in distress and carried her through the waters of the rushing river and placed her on the other side of the river without putting a dampness upon her beautiful dress and continued on his journey with his young apprentice. After a while's um, silence while they were walking, the young apprentice could not hold himself back anymore and asked his master, Master, are we not um, told, um, forbidden to look at another woman, to look at women in general? And the master replies, yes, you are correct, my young apprentice. And they continue on their walk in silence until the broken silence was met with another question from the young apprentice. Master, he says, are we not forbidden to even touch a woman? The master's reply was, yes, you are correct, my young apprentice. And they continue on their walk again in silence until the young apprentice breaks that silence with a burning question. Master, he says, why then did you pick the woman up. The master's response was, my young apprentice, I put that woman down way back by the riverbank. Why are you holding on to that woman? Why are you still carrying her? I've let her go. It is time for you to let her go. We hold on to so many things in this world we grasp this world often with both hands. From the moment we are born, we are imitating the world around us. We are looking to follow something more than ourselves. It is said within 15 minutes of being born, babies are absorbing the world around them, the sounds, the noises, the shapes, the, 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 the atmosphere, the touch, the feel. They are learning and embracing and absorbing the world around them, seeking to follow. There's something in our humanness that says, I want to follow, I must follow. I must hold on to something more than I understand of myself and even indeed the world around us. John's gospel presents us with Jesus hitting the main stage, bringing the goodness and the re revelation of God in an unprecedented and unconventional way. And he plays at the world in a way the world 
did not predict. Even those that followed the scriptures could not have predicted the way Jesus's unconventional um, outplay would have taken. So we're presented in John's gospel with an unconventional way of doing life. A way that this world could not understand. A way that this world could not have orchestrated. So we continue on that journey looking at John's gospel and how does this unlock the potential in our lives? So enters the man with this greatest power that the world could ever have imagined. Jesus walks onto the main stage and takes his place on the hot seat between the most powerful forces on earth, the Roman Empire, the Greek philosophers, and the religious legalists. Jesus' opponents were picked by him. They did not pick him. Jesus played this world with an unpredictable strategy, like a world champion chess player making the first move in the most unconventional way to his opponents, to his onlookers, to the seekers. What are you? Are you an opponent? Are you an onlooker or are you a seeker? Why don't you come with me as we continue our journey through chapter one of John's gospel, which we're gonna have read to us in a short while. But I invite you to with me to prepare yourself to let go and let God. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and then we're gonna have the reading, but I want you to stop, look, listen, Stop, look, and listen, because you're about to cross over the other side. Let us pray. Soul maker, life giver, way maker, heart lover, speak your words into the lives of your people. As we prepare to enter your words for living life now, aid us to allow you to touch our intellect, to touch our reason, to touch our emotions, to touch our hearts, to touch our influences, to touch our identity, to touch our spirituality, to touch the whole of our humanity. Flow through every fiber of our being, refreshing what it means to be human, what it means to be your beloved. May your word, Lord, provoke us into seeing greater things through our faith in unlocking in you, in our faith in you, unlocking our potential to be more for you and not more for this world. Amen. As we listen to this passage, listen to the words that will speak to you. Capture two or three words maximum, or maybe, or as well as, grab a verse that resonates with you in some way. And maybe, if you can, count the names that are attributed to Jesus Christ in this passage. So let us stop, let us look, and let us listen. John chapter one, verses 35 to 51. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When they, he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? 
Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave the Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. You, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending from the Son of Man. I wonder if you've ever noticed when you're reading the Gospels um, in, in the New Testament, how almost, I don't know what percentage it is, but pretty much 90 plus percent of the, um, what we read about Jesus is when he's on the road in the community among the people. Not often do we get him teaching in the synagogues. He did teach in the synagogues, we know that. But what we have written for us is where Jesus is out and about. He's on the path, he's on the road. He's, he's deliberately got a plan in walking through the communities within his reach. We know that the whole gospel message is leading up to the crucifixion, to the uh, resurrection. That is the crux of the gospel. That's where John does not put on the, the fluff and the stuff of this romantic Christmas. He hits straight in with the meaning and the purpose and the power behind it. I wonder what the words were that struck for you, that stuck out for you. I've got a few words. Look, found and follow. If you've, the first three verses of that passage gives us the lesson of stop, look and listen. Now I'm going to have to stop, look and listen when I cross the road because obviously I don't want to get run over. But stop, look, listen and then follow. So let me just remind you of um, the verses that we got here. Verse 35 says, The next day John again was standing with two of his disciples. Standing. They stopped and they were watching and waiting for Jesus. They were beginning to, they stopped in order to look. When you, when you cross a road, you have to stop. 
before you look because if you don't you can step into a bit of a disaster so verse 35 is that they stood with each other the next day john says verse 36 says and as he watched jesus walked by and he exclaimed this is john exclaimed look here is the lamb of god stop look verse 35 stop verse 36 look here is the lamb of god then verse 37 said the two disciples heard him they listened to him say this and they followed so in three verses 35 to 36 we got stop look listen and follow the wonderful thing about this passage is the, the, the relationship between the follower and the one who wants to follow. Uh, Jesus is looking for disciples to follow him and the disciples are looking for something to follow. Another interesting um, aspect about this passage is that um, Jesus doesn't say, who are you looking for? He says, what? are you looking for what are you looking for what are you looking for in this world what are you looking for in this life is there something missing from your life that is there a gap in your life is there a void and you're you're holding on to things that are just not quite filling that gap bridging that gap are there things that you need to let go of are there things in this world that are, are hindering you? I remember from an early age, I always looked to follow someone or to follow something. There was always somebody I wanted to aspire to, whether it's my father, whether it was my stepfather, whether it was a friend, a colleague, whether it was just a wise person I thought was a wise person. All through the first half of my life, I were following people and examples and ideologies and philosophies what I thought were great for my life until, it sounds a bit cheesy, until one day I met, I know it's going to sound cheesy, but when I met Jesus, at a time I wasn't even looking for him. I wasn't even consciously, outwardly looking for a saviour. Now, in this passage, we get this concept of um, Jesus was looking for them and they were looking for him but they may not have known that they were looking for Jesus but let's assume that they were because they were the people of the book the people of the Old Testament the people that were um, God's people but they were looking in a way that God did not choose to act in the way of this world he chose to be unconventional as i said earlier a bit like a chess player now i had a verse come to me the verse was from um, verse 38 and he says this what are you looking for what are you looking for i've asked that question and in every version of the bible it is what are you seeking what do you want not who do you want who are you seeking the whole of the old testament was leading up to this very point this very moment that the whole of god's people were waiting for but yet they missed it we had this last week read to us verse 10 he 
was in the world and the world came into being through him yet the world did not know him he came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him but to all who received him who believed in his name he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of God um, sorry of the will of flesh or of the will of man but of God I want to show you a clip of um, a, a true story of two nations battling through a game of chess in this clip Bobby uses an unconventional method to finally beat the Soviet Union's best player in the greatest chess match ever played during the height of the Cold War American chess prodigy Bobby Fischer finds himself caught between two superpowers when he challenges the Soviet Empire during the Cold War chess grandmaster Bobby Fischer takes on Boris Spassky the Soviet world champion though Fischer wants a normal match against his rival the United States wants it to be seen as the Cold War played out on the chessboard all of this isn't helping the fact that Fischer is constantly dealing with paranoia this is the world of chess like you've never seen it before Masters are shaking their heads in confusion. Fisher's moves are unprecedented in chess history. No one seems to be able to decipher what he's doing. El movimiento de Fisher ha dejado totalmente paralizado a Spassky. Как будто бы Спаскому перекрыли кислород. Но я думаю то, что все будет хорошо.
God's own people were waiting for him to play his usual move sequence, such as send a prophet like before, appoint us a priest like before, appoint us a king like before. But he made a very unconventional move. Not only did he enter in what appeared to be an ordinary everyday type of guy, he then begins to select followers like you and me. How God reaches into the world to empower people, to unlock their full potential, is unconventional to this world. God is seeking to reach into you, to, to invite you to follow him, not this world. This passage is about how do I find, how am I found? How? Jesus looks for you right where you are. You know, the challenge is that we're born into this world and life is a gift. It's not so much a gift from our parents, it's a gift from God. And everybody loves a good gift. It's a bit like trust, trust is a gift. Trust is not something you earn, trust is given. God gives both life and trust. God has entrusted each of us into the hands of those nearest and dearest to us. When we are born into this world, God is entrusting that life of a baby, of a child, into the hands of its carers, whether it's the birth parents, um, uh, foster carers, guardians, um, teachers, um, whoever those people are around us, neighbours, friends, family, God is giving us and entrusting us with the thing that only he can create, life. And throughout life, we are on a path, on the road to discover the way, the truth and the life. And if you've got any sense of um, comparison to my story, I spent the first 28 years of seeking the way, the truth, and the life. Now, what does this mean to me? What was I actually looking for? At the time, I couldn't have told you. I thought I knew, but now as I look back, I was looking for a whip. Not a whip in terms of slashing somebody um, with a, a big lever, um, you know, a painful thing. A whip as an acronym. I was looking for wholeness, identity, and purpose. A great depth of ident uh, wholeness, identity, and purpose. And I found some of this through the scriptures. I found the foundation of it. I found the, 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 the source of this through the scriptures. Colossians 2, 9 to 10 says... For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, dwells in the person of Jesus. The whole deity is in the person of Jesus. And you, that is you and I, have come to fullness in him. You and I are made whole in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. 
He becomes the authority to our life, the ruler to our life. And I found my identity in scriptures such as Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. He's appointed us with words of eternal life, with words of identity, with words of wholeness, with words of purpose, um, of truth, of the way of life. And in scriptures, again, like Jeremiah 29, the, my purpose, what was my purpose? For surely, says the Lord, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. So a greater depth of wholeness, identity and purpose. I began to find it. I began to find it. How, how did that begin? Because I allow God to begin to unlock something of my potential. Now, I've be barely begun to allow that potential to be unlocked. 1 John 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have conquered them. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Just, just stop, look and listen to those words. Greater is he in you than the one who is in the world. What God has put in you is greater than whatever this world can ever give you. And he says in verse 50, you will see greater things. Now he says this to Nathaniel, and we're gonna to come to that in just a moment, but just pause for a moment. He says, you will see greater things. You will see the, the anointing of God's Holy Spirit on Jesus. And later on in chapter 14, he says to these disciples, you will do greater things. So we will see greater things and we will do greater things. Not that we will become huge world changers necessarily. Maybe that is your journey. Maybe that will be. But it's more about you will see the greatness of God in you and it will allow you to shape and form in the person that God had created you from the beginning of time. When we stop, when we look, when we listen, we then take our steps. When you unlock the spark of Jesus within you, it ignites into a flame that breathes life in unproportionate measures. The potential in you of that life of Christ reaches into your depth of who you are and allows you to discover the more of you, the more of your potential. And you begin to follow in his way. Nathaniel sitting there in between verses 43 and 51. Let's read that just again. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. See, a follower, somebody is seeking for something more than themselves, are looking for something and they found him. They didn't know until it came, until he came. We found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. 
Jesus, son of Joseph, are from Nazareth. Nathaniel says, what do you mean from there? Can anything good come from Nazareth or come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He doesn't question about Nathanael's attitude and perspective of Nazareth. He actually affirms in him and reaches in and touches in to his heart and soul. And Nathanael asks, where did you come to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Just hold that for a moment. Nathaniel was sitting there. Why, we don't know. He's probably been up early working. A normal day in a, in a, in a, in a normal world. And Nathaniel's life is transformed in a moment. How did Jesus know that? Imagine for a moment there is an app with your name on it. An app that can be accessed free of charge from anyone's device, phone or, mo or, or tablet. Or if you're not up to speed with apps, imagine your life on a memory stick. Every thought that you've ever thought, every word that you've ever spoken, every act that you've ever performed in your life, on this stick or on the app. And all people have to do is plug this in to their device and they can read your every thought, your every act, your every word spoken. Or type in the name of an app in the app store and get your app and read everything of your life. I wonder how you would respond to that. I want to pause for a moment and show you my final clip from Bruce Almighty. Bruce is asking for a sign. Bruce is calling out, give me a sign. And then he gets an appointment on his pager that he ignores multiple times. Eventually he decides, oh, let's just check it out. And he goes to the appointment that is paged on his pager. And he has an encounter with, should we say, God uh, in the person of Morgan Freeman. Um, I hope you're not offended by that. Um, and God opens up the file of his life. Let's see that scene just for a moment. All right, what is this? How do you know my father and how do you get my pager number? Oh, I know quite a lot about you, Bruce. Just about everything there is to know. Everything you've ever said or done or thought about doing, right there in that file cabinet. Wow, a whole drawer just for me. Mind if I take a look? It's your life. That sounded be good. <laughs> now, this last entry was a little disturbing. are off God. God has taken my bird and my bush. God is a mean kid with a magnifying glass. Smite me, almighty smiter. Now, I'm not much for blaspheming, but that last one made me laugh. So what was Bruce looking for? 
At first he thought he knew what he was looking for. This passage invites us to say, what are you looking for? Have you found what you're looking for? What are you following? Who are you following? Why are you following that which you follow? What are you holding on to? What aren't you letting go? Are you getting that wholeness of your life fulfilled? Are you getting to grips with your true identity? Do you know your purpose? To know your purpose, you must find the life giver. The life giver is looking for you. The life giver, because many of us who are listening to this are probably Christians, that doesn't mean we can't meet Jesus again. It doesn't mean we can't get a greater depth of our wholeness. It doesn't mean we can get a greater insight to our identity. It doesn't mean we can't get a greater revelation of our purpose for a time such as this. We are all experiencing lockdown. You know, the scriptures, um, most of the books in the Bible are written at a time where people were experiencing serious sufferings of captivity, lockdown, um, persecution. Now, we're not experiencing in persecution but we are experiencing um, a lockdown of the freedom to move physically in and around the world that we know but we're not locked down in a way that we can't socialize we can do that through the digital world through telephone we're not locked down on our emotions we're not locked down on our intellect we're not locked down um, in not having some luxuries in life We've got a greater sense of freedom, more than we realize. I think this is an opportunity to reflect on what are we allowing God to unlock in us? Are you letting God unlock your potential? Are you um, allowing God to let your spark become a flame? Jesus answered, verse 50, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? you will see greater things than these. As I mentioned earlier, later on in the gospel, we read in chapter 14 that very truly, I tell you, a very similar uh, approach to what Jesus said in chapter one, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater things than I. Wow, than these. Greater things than these. When you live for yourself, you are able to do great things for sure. When you do it for the glory of God, you will achieve extraordinary things. William Carey said, do great things for God, expect great things from God. So I leave you with my final thoughts. What are you looking for? Have you found what you're looking for? Where are you looking? Are you stopping? Are you looking? Are you listening? When you do that, God finds you right where you are and invites you to follow him. Let us pray. Let us stop. Let us look. Let us listen. And let us get ready to continue following him. Maybe you're going to follow him for the first time. Maybe you come to that point in your life, you're not too sure how you're following the Lord. Maybe you just need some unlocking. John's gospel unlocks the potential in us. So let us just pray for a brief moment. Jesus says, uh, John says, 
Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He comes to give you wholeness, identity and purpose. Father God, I pray for each of us to discover a greater depth of wholeness in you, a greater revelation of our identity, a greater vision of our purpose. Lord, you know what we're looking for. You know our heart's desire. Reach into each of our hearts and touch our intellect, touch our emotions, touch our rationality, touch our every fiber that we may discover the potential we have in you. Unlock that potential. Unlock the Jesus within. Help us, Lord, to let go and let God and follow you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. A great scholar and um, archbishop in the 6th and 7th century said, the whole science of the saints consists in finding and following the will of God. Go and find the will of God in your life and discover a greater depth of wholeness, identity and purpose. God bless.